okay, I have a story. It didn't come to me till during worship. Um, I'm very nervous to tell this story. So growing up, as many as most of you know, I grew up pastor's kid in ministry. I was not a rebel, okay? I was by the book. I, I, don't, I think all my other siblings got like way more spankings than I did. I think I got like a total of two because I did not break the rules. Like was not interested in it. Keep me far away from breaking the rules. I'm going to be clean cut. I'm going to do as I'm told and I'm going to live life that way. So fast forward to my teenage years and I started to get a little bit, a little bit of a overconfidence in my, my holiness. And I started to just really think that I was something for the fact that I hadn't done a lot of something. I had not broken rules. I just didn't get into trouble. I was like, man, I've got it going on. Like, I, I know the word. I haven't misbehaved in my life. I'm watching all these people make stupid decisions. I'm not going down that path. I'm, I am, I'm doing good. And that flowed into quite a bit of judgment towards other people that I thought weren't behaving as well as I was. And <laughs> you're going to know soon why I'm nervous to tell this story. Um, so flow in time, probably about 20 years old, moved out of home. And one of the things that I was really proud about in my life is that I had never sworn. <laughs> and <laughs> I heard you. Um, and the rest of the message isn't going to be this uncomfortable, I promise. And so there was one day, and I was in the middle of Karis Bible College, okay? So I am, I am in Bible college pursuing getting even more holy, like getting more into the Word of God. And I'm sitting having my time with God one day in my room. I had moved out of the home. I'm, I'm in this condo rooming with friends. And I literally hear God say, you need to say the F word. And I go, no, 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 that's not you. That is Satan. I rebuke you. Get out of the room. This is my pride and joy. Like, I have not sworn. I am not going to do it now. And God was like, you need to say it. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. I will not say that. So I fought him on it hard. And here I am, like, my worship music is playing. I'm journaling. My Bible's cracked, cracked open on my bed. And... So finally, he was like, I need to teach you something through this. He was like, I need you to say it. Kept fighting him, kept fighting him. And finally, I just like, I'm not going to say it, I promise. Uh, I was just like, I said it under my breath. And he was like, louder. And I was like, God, no, I'm not going to do that. So I, I'm not going to say it. We all, we all, we all hear it in, in our head right now. Um, but I truly, I fought him on it and I fought him on it. And finally he got me to say it and I had to say it out loud. And he goes, right after I said it, he goes, and I still accept you. 
like he he had to get me to blurt that out because there was a part of me that was not accepting other people who was saying who were saying that. And he's like, you have to actually like because I was so um, straight jacketed, like I was so put together with myself. I was so perfect. Dang it, God had to make me not, pre- I'm just kidding. <laughs> he had to break that out of me. He's like, if you're not gonna break the rules, I actually need you to go through this so that you can learn that I accept you no matter what. So that you know that it's not about someone doing the right thing that causes me to love them. It's not about someone changing their behavior that causes me to accept them. I chose that before they ever even did that thing. Okay, are we, are we not too uncomfortable that I can move on now? So today we're talking about learning to love others as you love yourself. And we're going back to the foundation of what it looks like to love yourself. And because I believe that there's a lot of misconceptions in the body of Christ about that, a lot of which I had. So um, to dive in, you know, two weeks ago, Danny, uh, and don't worry after that. Well, you know, what's funny is I was nervous to share that because I was like, God, what if they don't accept me after that? He's like, that's the point. Like, I've accepted you. You're good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of you love you love me more now. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) you know what? Annie coming up is part of my message because what I have found is that some of the people who have been through the most, who have been saved from the most are the most loving, are the most accepting because they know what it means to be accepted when you've messed up, when you've done wrong. Okay, so let's, let's dive in. So two weeks ago, Danny talked about love being the most important thing. And then Last week, we talked about what does love look like, and we had Ben Wenzel talking. I don't think he's here. I think he's out of town today. But he was talking about how we have bids for attention. We have three ways to deal with people. We can turn towards them, we can turn away from them, or we can turn against them. And so today, I want to talk about, you know, those are very foundational elements, but I want to talk about what it practically looks like to love others as we love ourselves. And, okay. Let me, let me get back to my notes. That story messed me up. Um, so I think nowadays a lot of relationships are not doing very well because we don't know how to actually love ourselves and then love others in turn. So we, we're, we, we're trying to love people out of order. We're trying to love people when we haven't actually experienced it ourselves. So we're essentially giving out of emptiness. We're giving out of what we think we should do rather than what we've received, okay? Which is law, not love. So what does it mean? So, okay, so in John 3, 16, the the age-old verse that everybody knows, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So God chose from the beginning He saw our inherent worth. First of all, he created us with worth, which is incredible. But then he saw us and he saw that we are worthy completely apart from our behavior, completely apart from the choices that we make. And he said, that's worth it. 
you are worth it. I'm going to send Jesus and he's going to save you. He's going to bring you back into full relationship with me. And one of the main points that I want to share today is love looks like seeing clearly, clearly. Love looks like seeing someone clearly. Love is not denial of truth or reality, but love also sees what could be. Because you absolutely cannot love someone else fully unless you love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, that's pro- that probably explains why it's so hard for you to feel loved by others. So if you've ever had a hard time feeling loved by others, I would ask you the question, do you love and accept yourself fully? Not just on surface, oh, I love myself. But at a deep level, is there a deep, full acceptance of who you are when you see yourself clearly? Loving yourself does not mean self-indulgence. A lot of times, you know, there's the self-help books nowadays that are like, do some self-care, do some self-love, go get pampered, go on a vacation, go do these different things. I would not call that self-love. Those things are great and fun. I love me a good vacation and a pedicure and all of those different things, but that is not, I do not feel deeply loved when those things happen. That's just a form of indulgence. That's a form of fun. Um, Loving yourself also doesn't mean numbing or avoiding pain through food or pleasure. Loving yourself doesn't mean ignoring your faults or pretending that you don't see them for fear of rejection if you acknowledge your own faults. And loving yourself is not thinking of yourself as as haughty or in a prideful way. I'm going to pull a page from Ben's book last week and say that loving yourself means bidding for your own attention. It means turning towards yourself. It means facing into every part of who you are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It means facing it. And it means turning towards yourself and saying, I see you, I acknowledge you, and I accept you as you are. I accept myself as all that I am and all that I'm not because that's what Jesus did for me. That he he died and he rose again. And what's really interesting is that when you accept yourself, the devil loses. His goal is to convince you that you're not accepted. His goal is to convince you that you're not worthy. His goal is to say, yeah, God loves this part of you that shows up at church on Sunday, but this part of you that's swearing in your room, that's not accepted. And it actually causes us to not be fully integrated into who we are. It causes us to split and to almost feel like we're two different people. Well, there's the part of me that comes to church on Sunday, and that's the part of me that God loves and God's, God accepts. And then there's this part of me that I'm full of shame, and I'm full of anxiety, and I'm full of fear, and I'm ha- full of all these different things. And that, mm, we're going to avoid that. We're going to numb it out because that part is not worthy of God's love. But what actual loving yourself looks like, it looks like turning at that and saying, hey, all of you here, I want to give you a big hug. All of this... 
I see you. I'm not going to ignore you, anxiety. I'm not going to ignore you, shame. I'm not going to ignore you, crippling fear. I'm going to look you in the eyes and I'm going to say, you are worthy of love. Come be a part of me. And when you do that, when you acknowledge those things that you're trying to hide, that you're trying to avoid, that is when the devil loses. Because his lies aren't working anymore. You're actually abiding by the truth of who, what God has chosen for you, that God chose you completely regardless of your behavior, completely regardless of your weakness. Um, I want to jump into a beautiful passage, Psalm 103. Um, yeah, the importance of accepting yourself fully, 100% of you, is because you can't give what you don't have. So if you have not experienced complete acceptance, regardless of behavior and action and all of that, if you have not experienced that for yourself, you're not going to be able to give it. You can give it according to the law of like, oh, God loves you. I might not love you, but like God loves you. And so I should treat you kindly. But if you're able to look at people with the same, that same raw view that I just shared about looking at yourself and you're able to see someone who just keeps messing up and is never changing and keeps going back to those addictions and those habits and those different things and you're able to say, all of you, I want that. I don't want just the good part of you that you're willing to show me. I want all of you and I'm gonna accept that. And when you accept those things that are so, rub you the wrong way, usually they actually become a lot easier to go away. Like a lot of times um, those things are so loud and so um, attention getting from people because they just need to be acknowledged. Have you guys ever heard of the book, uh, There's No Such Things as, Thing as Dragons? So there's a book well, I, not, not a good example. There's a book, just Danny, if you like Jordan Peterson. Um, there's, there's a book called There's No Such Thing as Dragons. And there's this kid in his house, and there's this little dragon that comes up, and he sits on the, the table, and the kid goes to his mom. He goes, Mom, look, there's a dragon. She's like, there's no such thing as dragons. Well, then a few minutes later, the dragon gets bigger. And the dragon starts eating the kid's lunch, uh, or the kid's breakfast. And so the mom keeps making pancakes, and the dragon eats all of the pancakes and the mom has to use up all of the food to make pancakes for the dragon. And the kid goes, look, the dragon ate all my pancakes. And she goes, there's no such thing as dragons. And so the book keeps fast forwarding where this dragon keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it completely takes over the home. It swallows up there, you know, it's, it's arms and everything are outside of the home. And it gets to the point where it's completely undeniable of the fact that there's a dragon that has overtaken this home. And finally, and the mom keeps, keeps denying it, keeps avoiding it. And finally, the dad says, well, yeah, there's clearly a dragon here. And the dragon completely shrinks back down. And they said sometimes, like, the dragon just needed to be acknowledged that it was there. So these things that we're trying to hide and push away usually end up getting really, really, really big because they just need to be acknowledged that they're there. And they go away the minute that you actually acknowledge it and accept it. So Psalm 103 is beautiful. And it's just King David talking about God's love for us. 
and I want to read it to you guys. With my whole heart, I'm reading the passion. With my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and saved my life. Saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a, like a flying eagle in the sky. You're a God who makes things right, giving justice to the defenseless. You unveiled to Moses your plans and showed Israel's sons what you could do. Lord, you're so kind and tender-hearted to those who don't deserve it, and so patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing, overflowing its banks with kindness. You don't look at us only to find our faults, just so you can hold a grudge against us. And then it just continues going on just about God's love. But that is saying so very clearly, God is not out to judge you. He is not out to find your faults. He has kissed you with forgiveness. Say, and there's a tenderness of even the verbiage of that. He's kissed you. There, that, there's an intimacy with that, that when he gave you his forgiveness, he's like, hey, I want to be close to you. Regardless of what you've done, I want you close to me. In Romans 5, 8, um, well, I, what I meant to say is one of the first ways of learning to love yourself is understanding God's view of you. And then Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God said, if you, if you never change, you're still worthy of my love. If nothing ever changes, if you never get rid of those ugly parts about you, you are still worthy. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 8.34 said, Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? So he literally not only came to earth, forgave our sins, set us right with God, made us so that we can be completely one with God. Now he's our biggest cheerleader. And he's like, now you can do it. I see all of you. I accept all of you. I love all of you. And now go get it. Now this is what you could be. Now this is what I have for you. But first, before you go into that, you have to know that you're accepted and you're loved completely apart from your own actions. Romans 5, 17 says death ruled like a king because Adam had sinned, but that cannot compare with what Jesus Christ has done. God has been so kind to us and he has accepted us because of Jesus. And so we will live and rule like kings. It's just because we're his that he loves us. Danny and I have been talking a lot lately, really ever since Avery was born, about the fact that kids are draining. <laughs> What? Never. Kids are draining. You could, you could compare them to drains. And we are a faucet or a fountain. I'm bringing in some Pastor Joe language with the fountain and the drain, everyone. Um, kids are like drains. 
We are like fountains and we are giving and giving and giving. And all they are doing is sucking the life and the energy out of us. (laughs) But how deep is that love of a parent towards a child? completely apart. Winnie was up multiple, and Winnie is our perfect sleeper. She does not wake up in the night. She is our one like guiding light of Avery and Will. Who knows what'll happen? Winnie, seven to seven. She's got it. She's perfect sleeper. And she just decided last night, like sleeping through the night was just not for her last night. And she was up and I'm like, I have to give a message in the morning. We are exhausted. She was up just yelling, crying nothing. She didn't want her passy. She didn't want anything. She was just mad. And we still love her so much. Our kids do absolutely nothing to deserve our love. Nothing. (laughs) Literally nothing. But they are some of the most wonderful gifts God could ever give us. Avery's starting to entertain us. So she's starting to like pour like a little teaspoon of water back into our fountain. Um, but when we, but you can't, you can't give what you don't have, which is why it's so important as parents to pour that love in and to pour that acceptance in and to pour that grace in because then you are raising up children who then have it to give. Um, can you imagine a body full of people who see reality, accept themselves as they are, and then in turn accept other people? Can you imagine how much the world would actually be drawn to the body of Christ? A few years ago, um, we had someone show up at church, and this was many years ago, so I'm not calling anybody out here. Um, <laughs> We had somebody show up at church, and they were wearing a semi-inappropriate outfit. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Semi-inappropriate. And one of the greeters felt that it was their, their responsibility to let that person know that that was not a holy outfit to be wearing in church. And that person, we never knew why, but that person never came back. Me and my dad found out about about that years later, and we called her immediately because we still had our contact info, and we just apologized. And we're like, that is not Jesus. We're so sorry that you experienced that. But can you imagine? I, I wonder what was going on in that person's head who said that to that girl. Yeah, they need, <laughs> they need to say the F word. <laughs> Probably, Christine. Probably. when we're bound up by rules and regulations it prevents us from showing true love because we are not accepting true love i what i i saw this quote last night that said that the things that that are the hardest to accept about ourselves are usually the things that we're the hardest on other people about and the things that we're the most easily triggered by in other people And so if there's somebody that has, you know, dealt with, you know, uh, an addiction issue and they won't, they have yet to accept that about themselves. They have yet to love themselves in spite of that. They have yet to, you know, go through that whole process. 
they are going to be the easiest to, it's going to be the easiest to attack somebody in that area and the easiest to be triggered by that. Okay, I'm running out of time and we have a very hard commitment to get you guys out on time today because we've been sorely over time the past several weeks. Okay, but I want to go into, so how do you actually practically begin to love yourself? Number one, get God's view of you deep into your heart. Ask him how he sees you and meditate on that. If you do not know how God views you, go meditate on Psalm 103. Get into your heart, Google, what does God think about me? And read all the scriptures, scriptures about what God thinks about me. And read those and get them into your heart. Spend time around people who are going to reaffirm to you who God thinks you are and the acceptance that he has for you. Number two, get rid of the lies that you've believed about yourself. When you don't know or believe that you're loved, lies are a lot easier to believe. I'm going to say that again. When you don't know or believe that you are loved, lies are a lot easier to believe. So it's going to be real easy for the devil to come in and try and tell you that you're not accepted when you don't believe that you're loved and that you have that worth. Um, number three, oh, best way to get rid of lies that you've believed about, our, about yourself is uh, do RMR sessions, rapid mind renewal sessions. We just had Nathan in. And then in the middle of uh, March, we're going to have Craig Miller in. And we, as a body, are already equipped to help you through this. And what these are is just straight up facilitated sessions, getting rid of the lies that we believe about ourselves, about God, and about other people, and bringing it to truth. Because a lot of times we don't know that we're believing lies. All lies are truth to us right? So the only way that you are going to recognize, oh, that's a lie, is for someone or something to highlight to that to you. That's why a blind spot is called a blind spot. You are blind to that spot. And so uh, many times to even uncover the fact that we're believing lies, we need somebody or something else to point it out to us. Um, so doing sessions where someone's alongside you who is just loving you, accepting you, saying, yeah, that's a lie that you're believing man, praise God that came up. Okay, now what's the truth? Okay, God's with you in that. Okay, what can we do to get that truth deep down into your heart? Um, so sessions are huge for that. Um, treat yourself, number three, treat yourself as someone you're responsible for helping. Did you know that statistically, someone will take way better care of their dog than of themselves. So if a dog has like a kidney infection or, a, or cancer or different things like that, man, that person's gonna take their dog to the vet. They're gonna pay thousands of dollars for that vet. They're gonna give that vet that medication every single day, no matter what it takes. They're gonna, they're gonna take care of that dog because that dog means so much to them, but they won't even do a quarter of that for themselves. So if you think about the people or the things in your life that you are responsible for taking care of, start to take steps in treating yourself that way. You will improve drastically how well you take care of yourself and you're showing yourself love and acceptance in that. Um, and then number four, um, acknowledge the parts of you that you don't like 
and accept yourself as is. At Ikea, you guys know how they have the as is section? And it's like the super dinged up stuff. It's, um, you know, it's been returned. It's gone through whatever it's gone through. And it's the price has been reduced because it's as is. So you're not really going to get good quality stuff. But what Jesus does is he says, not only do I want you as is, but I'm going to pay full price for it. He says, not only are you super dinged up and you've been bought and then returned and all these different things, but I'm going to pay full price for you. And I'm going to take you and I'm going to utilize you. And then when I put you in your, in your position, in your role that I've called you to, you're going to work perfectly. Because when you start to be fully accepted and fully loved, you start to operate whole, in a whole and complete way. So, whole, so acceptance and love and all of those things is literally the foundation. You cannot skip this step. It is the foundation to everything else. It's the foundation to fulfilling your highest calling in Christ. You cannot do that if you skip this step. To go, man, that's too hard. Sorry, Natalie, that sounds nice. Too hard. Cannot love and accept myself, but man, I can take real good care of other people. This is the time for the martyrs to say, <laughs> I, need, I need that. Martyrs are usually the people, the, and what I mean by martyrs is the people who will always sacrifice for other people and never take care of themselves, never turn inward. And usually, a lot of times, it's out of avoidance for the pain that we're going to encounter of how much we actually don't accept and love ourselves. So when we turn towards, like I'm saying, well, like, like Ben Wenzel said, when we turn towards ourselves and we say, 100% of you, I want you as is full price. And I accept you, then we, then we get to start the journey into fulfilling our highest calling in Christ. But not before that. Um, I read a book one time called Learning to Love Yourself. And it's really good. But the biggest concept in it is this whole idea of what I talked about earlier with the dragon, that a lot of times these emotions come to the surface. And as Christians, or at least how I was raised, is fear, I rebuke you. Anxiety, I rebuke you. Shame, I rebuke you. This and that, I rebuke you. I rebuke all of these negative, heavy emotions because they're all of the devil. But I want to present to you that, and granted, there are sometimes that there are attacks. I will acknowledge that. We have to understand that motion, emotions are not always attacks. They are just indicators of something that needs to be dealt with. So if we see shame rising up, what do we say? Shame, I rebuke you. Get away from me. No. How about, don't let me step on your toes too hard. How about shame, I love you. Come here. Why are you here? What's going on? Why am I feeling that? What's going on? What? Hey, heart. Why are you bringing this up right now? The minute that you acknowledge that, I think it's, I think it's uh, scientifically like 30 to, 30 to 60 seconds of feeling an emotion before it'll, it'll go away. Anxiety, hey, why are you here? But you know, if you ignore anxiety, oof. It will build and build and build and say, acknowledge me. I just want to be acknowledged. So... 
when these emotions come to the surface, rather than saying, I'm going to ignore and I'm going to numb out. How about, hey, I'm accepted even with this shame here. I'm accepted even with this anxiety here. And Jesus, you know what? Maybe it's scary for me, but okay, Jesus, you're inside of me. Jesus, what do you think about this shame? What do you think about this, this pain that's coming to the surface? This, this not negative emotion, but this heavy emotion. Let's reframe what emotions look like. Stop ignoring them and just start bringing them in, saying it's all accepted. Jesus paid for it all. Jesus didn't pay for all the positive emotions, only negative emotions, not paid for. He paid for all of it. And so when we experience those things, don't write it off and numb it out and say that's of the devil. Recognize if, if it's an attack, rebuke it, yes. But if it's coming up because there's something under the surface that needs to be dealt with, deal with that. And, and d- dive into that and accept it as is. Um, you can The verbiage that I use, because these will come to the surface different times for me, and the verbiage that I'll use is, even though I'm feeling this, I choose to fully love and accept myself because God, you fully love and accept me. So if you feel jealous of somebody, and let's, we can be honest about the fact that Christians feel all the emotions, whether you want to or not. The other day I had to say, even though I feel jealous right now, I choose to fully love and accept myself. You just naming the fact that you're feeling that feels so unholy and ungodly. And that's the very thing that the devil wants you to keep ignoring because he has power when it's, when it's, not in, when it's in the darkness. And when you say it out, you bring it into the light. So you have to bring these things into the light, acknowledge them, say, I see you. You are loved, accepted. Now let's go. Let's not waste any more time because we're wasting way too much time ignoring these things. And it's starting to overtake us. So when we acknowledge it, get free from it, and then we, then we are free to move forward because we're just fully loved and accepted. Um, okay. Lastly, I got three minutes left, y'all. Okay. Um, So how does learning to love myself affect my relationships? When you have a deep sense of self-worth, you don't come into a relationship with demands. You come ready to give because you're not in desperate need. Because lack of self-love can act as a repellent to people. When you know that you are completely loved and accepted, you become a fountain, not a drain. When you have access to the source, it's really easy to give. Really, really easy. So, okay, so then, wow, I took way too long. Uh, love, I talked about loving yourself. You guys want to hear how crazy different the way of loving others is? So now let's say, okay, you've got it going on. You have, you have got the truth. You've accepted yourself fully. Okay, now how do you love others as yourself? You guys want to hear how different this list is? It's the exact same. Number one, get God's view of them deep into your heart. You get to hold on to this view of them when times get rough. Get God's view of other people. Number two, get rid of lies that you've believed about them. Number three, treat them as someone you're responsible for loving. Not that you're responsible for. You're not responsible for other people 
But if you're responsible to love them, treat them that way. As weird or sacrilegious as it sounds, it'd be, we'd all probably love each other a lot better if we treated each other like how we treat a dog, our dog. <laughs> Maybe not me, because I'm not a crazy dog lover. I probably do better at loving people than loving dogs. But if you are a dog lover or an animal lover, actually think about that. How should I treat someone that I'm responsible for loving? Um, and number four, acknowledge the parts of them that you are unsatisfied with and make the choice to love them regardless. When you know you're accepted, it's a lot easier to accept others. And like I said earlier, you can't give what you don't have. Um, recognize that in relationship with people really, really, really practically, the things that bug us about each other are you are a the things that bug us about other people are usually a mirror into our own heart. And so I would challenge you that if you are seeing something in somebody else that is bugging you and that is really rubbing you the wrong way, you might be the cat that needs to be turned around. Because let's pray and let's hope that it's issues that are us because we, we can only ever change ourselves. So you're actually in a really good spot if you realize that the issue is yours because you can change it. You can't change it if it's the other person. You can pray and you can learn to love and accept more, but you cannot change it. So when we see the things in other people that bug us, go, okay, and this is not a fun lesson to learn. I'm learning it on a day-to-day -day basis with different relationships in my life. It is no fun, but it is completely necessary. Because if we can master that of saying, okay, that bugged me in them, what's going on? What's going on inside of me? Okay, Jesus, let's deal with that. And then let's get back out to loving people. Um, because the goal in relationship is two fountains, not a drain in a fountain. Because if you have a drain in a fountain, you're going to end up being a martyr and the other person is never going to be satisfied. Right? If you have two drains you're just not working <laughs> because there's nothing <laughs> sad as you're just both mad at each other because you're not getting what you need from each other. And if you're, but if you're both fountains, your source is not each other. Your source is that deep well within you that is feeding you the truth. And so it really doesn't matter what the other person is doing because they are not your source. So if you want to know, how to become a drain. Anyone want to know how to become a drain? <laughs> you, make, <laughs> you make people's words and actions about you. This is how you become a drain in relationships, okay? You make people's words and actions about you. You make them mean that they're, it's about you. You view other people as your source of love, acceptance, and worth rather than Jesus and you make others responsible for filling your needs. And you get mad at people and resentful when they don't fill you up. Which then is that repellent? Because if there's not the self-love or the, the love and acceptance of yourself, you're mad at people because they're not filling what you need. So then how do you become a fountain? You see Jesus as your ultimate source. People are just an added bonus. 
You come into relationships to give, not to get. You draw boundaries when you are feeling dry and you learn to say no. Fountains have to turn off for a minute. They got to refill. They got to go through a filtration process. So you learn to say no and have boundaries. And then you are freely able to give because you have freely received. Amen. How beautiful would this body look? Will this body look when we are all know that our source, we are completely loved and accepted. All of us, 100% of who I am is loved and accepted. How much are we going to impact the world and in and, and our day-to-day life when we are carrying that Jesus as our source of that, and then we're able to just completely give out to other people? So in conclusion, yeah, uh, Matthew 10, 5 through 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. Like Danny said during worship, When you've received, people who have been saved from so much, who have had their lives radically turned around, I got jealous of those people when I was little because they had love encounters with Jesus that I never had. And I had to learn to not be a Pharisee. La, 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 la. And (laughs) that that could be a song. Um, I had to learn to not be a Pharisee and, and also to not be jealous of these people who had gone through really crappy situations in their life, but they had these love encounters with Jesus because they encountered his acceptance in ways that I had never seen before. And then they were able to wrap their arms around people and love them completely where they were at before they had ever changed. So in conclusion, turn towards yourself. Do this with God. Don't do it alone. (laughs) Take the Holy Spirit, spend some time together, turn towards yourself. What are the areas that I've been ignoring, that I've been numbing, that I've been avoiding? And let the Holy Spirit lead you into loving yourself and accepting yourself as you are. Then turn towards others. Accept them as they are. There's a lot of things about people that will annoy you forever. You know why? Because people are wired differently. And I didn't get to this, but basic personality stuff can be so different. Danny, I know it's a shocker, is an introvert. I am an extrovert. I don't understand why he likes to sit alone and stare at a wall. I just don't get it. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand why I like to be with people all the time, always. We don't understand it. He will never, that will never change about him. So can I love and accept him fully as he is without him ever becoming like me? Because a lot of times if we're having a hard time accepting people, it's because we want them to be like us. I'm going to stop there. I'm over time. Um, So view people as a gift to bring up the things in you that need healing and start the journey of loving yourself by seeing and accepting the fact that God loves you and God accepts you. Amen? You guys get something out of that? Okay. Now don't go saying the F word because that's not, that was not the lesson. Super good. Thank you, Natalie. It's really, really good. Yeah. I, uh, this is good. I told you, she taught me this stuff. I'm like, yeah, you got to teach it. Um, yeah, it's funny what came to mind too. I, I, 
love everything, acknowledging those emotions, being a fountain, not a drain, and recognizing when you need to fill back up, even if you're connected to a source, even if you would consider yourself a fountain. Remember, as a kid, uh, my dad and my mom, they ran a, uh, a food company. They'd have these dry soup mixes. And people would always, you know, ask me at school, being like, damn, you know, you guys make that chili mix. It's the best in the world. Do you have any of that? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, you can have one. You know what? You can have have a whole case. You know what? Have two cases. You can have it. And they go, oh, this is amazing. This is such a blessing. It's like, are you sure you can just give this to me? It's like, yeah, I could just I could just always go back to the warehouse and get more. Like, I'm, I'm part of the family you know, that is overflowing with this stuff. Like all I have to do, yes, you can have it. It was freely given to me. I have access to a warehouse full of chili mix. And if I ever need more, all I got to do is come back to dad and ask and he will freely give. And then when I'm around people that need what I have, I can freely give. It doesn't cost me anything because I know where the source is. I can get all I need. Uh, But just knowing when to refill so that you have something to freely give and recognize it has been freely given to you. Yeah. You know, when you know how to receive that, it's easy to give it. Um, that's really good. Thank you, Natalie. Um, yeah, let's stand. Let's pray. That is good stuff. And I'll, I'll just reiterate too, that what Natalie shared today is truly has the potential for radical life change. If that's not a practice that you fulfill, or if that just kind of went in one ear, one out the other, listen to it again on the podcast, listen to it again on YouTube. That practice of acknowledging what's going on inside of you, that practice of loving your whole self, not just the parts you like, not needing to be perfect, but just truly knowing you're loved and accepted right now, exactly as you are, as is, that has the power for permanent, fruitful life change. Uh, so if that didn't stick today, get at it again, because that is that is powerful stuff. I forgot to say this during announcements, so it's going to seem out of place here. But I just want to welcome Vito back. Woo! Vito's back! Woo! The love has re-entered the building. I'm just kidding. Vito is an explosion of love, so we're so happy to have him back and, and healthy and strong. Vincero! That's good. Uh, let's pray. <laughs> Father God, thank you so much uh, that you love us as we are, uh, that you want what's best for us, God, that you love us, that you are, uh, you are not just, uh, you are affectionate, God. You are lavish. Um, you are extravagant in the way that you love us, God, but you love us in more than just the, uh, the pretty expressions of that, God, deep all the way down in the ugly parts in the dark parts, God, in the parts we don't want to admit, God, you're still there and you still say, I see you, I love you, I want you, I accept you. And you still want to be a part of our lives, God. You still invite us to dine with you at your table, as is, as we are. God, may we continue to get deeper revelations of what it truly means to be fully loved and accepted by you. And may we develop a personal relationship with the the well that does not run dry, the fount of living water, the true fountain, uh, that we may then be full to overflowing, God, that we can pour out to a world that desperately needs what you have. And all we got to do is come back to the warehouse, get a little bit more of what you got so that we can freely give it. God, teach us this, this pattern of getting filled up and then pouring out 
and then returning to you and then pouring out and then returning to you and then pouring out. God, we become uh, your hands and feet in this process. We administer the riches of heaven as we fulfill this process. God, thank you for inviting us into this relationship with you, for being our fount of living water. Uh, And teach us how to plug up the holes that are drains within us. God, how to love ourselves fully so that we may love others, that we may truly love others as ourself, and that that would be a good, real, authentic thing and not just a show or a hypocritical song and dance that we do, God, but we truly love others because we know that we are truly loved. May God bless this word. May it stick. May it get all the way to our hearts and may it change us. Uh, Bless these people. Bless this church. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Have a great Sunday, everybody. for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as he guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving. Or you can text GIVE to 844 844- Nine five five zero nine nine three. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.